All right, Pittsburgh, this is the Death Star here, and you are listening to MMA Fancast. Tune in. Oh, baby, what time is it? You're listening to MMA Fancast. Here are your hosts, Jim Mooney and Luke Payson. Welcome to MMA Fancast. Today, I am joined by Kyle Van Dwellen. Um, Kyle, hopefully I said your last name right. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Uh, it's actually Vanderlaan. Ah, yeah, you just told me that. <laughs> no worries. I still missed, messed it up. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. You are um, about ready to make your debut MMA for 247 Fighting Championships in November. Um, and you were competing this time last year for West Springfield High School Wrestling. Kind of talk about your wrestling career in general, as well as your senior year specifically. All right. So I started in uh, first grade. Uh, my dad just wanted me to get into it. Uh, he, he wrestled in high school. So he wanted me to start young, I guess. Um, so I, I started in Colorado. We moved a lot. Uh, a few le- few years later, we moved to Virginia, where I used, where I was living. And then we actually moved to Germany. And in Germany, the wrestling wasn't as competitive as I'd like. So it, it wasn't that great. Uh, I don't really think of it even as having wrestling seasons there because people on base, people off base, they, I don't know, they just, even the high school team wasn't at the competition I wanted to be at, but my uh, freshman year, I moved back, went to West Springfield and got significantly better. And my senior year, I got a lot better than I did my junior year. And I'm just improving all the time. Absolutely. Your senior year record in high school was 36 wins and six losses, and you finished fifth in the States. What was it like um, to go to finish your career at States? Uh, fifth level is still obviously very good um, in States. What was that experience like for you? Uh, it was great. Uh, my original goal was to place top six, so I reached that. Um, I was a little frustrated, though. Uh, I was in the semifinals, and I felt I could have won if I – I don't know. It was just a very frustrating match. So the rest of the States was, it was just a frustrating, uh, I should have done better, but I'll, I'll let that, that was the past. I'll let that go and hopefully do better in college and try to make up for it. Sure. Absolutely. And it's, it's always good to set goals that you've reached. Like you said, you wanted to be top six or better, but also, be a little maybe frustrated and wanting more depending on how it could have gone. Uh, where are you committed uh, for college? Uh, I'll be wrestling in Ohio Valley University once a, once a season actually is uh, going to happen. We don't know exactly what's happening right now. Obviously, this semester we won't be competing, but mm-hmm. hopefully next. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you haven't gone to college quite yet because of all the the COVID stuff? Uh, I'm actually here right now. Uh, They just, they have practices like once or twice a week. Uh, So I'll go to those, but it's nothing serious right now. Just two hour practices, preseason stuff. Uh, And then like when I'm not going to wrestling, I'll be going to MMA practice, trying to get stuff going there. Yeah, obviously. So you're so you're currently in college. So that's a big transition. Obviously, I can see now that you're in your dorm. I didn't 
pick up on that right away. Um, so you're in college. What was it like to transition to college while also on the wrestling team, but now you're doing MMA on the side? So what's what's all those changes like for you? Um, coming from Virginia, uh, especially Northern Virginia, it's a lot bigger, a lot bigger area, um, especially right outside of DC. Uh, and then coming here, it's a lot quieter. Uh, it's a smaller town. Uh, I prefer it. It's relaxing, I'd say, and smaller school as well. It was, I don't know. I, uh, I miss home, but it's, I really like it here. It's it's pretty easy to adjust to, I'd say. Well, it's good that you're doing so well with, obviously, the adjustment. It sounds like you moved quite a bit, being connected to the military growing up and kind of got used to all that. So how did you get connected or start training MMA or anything outside of wrestling? We'll start there. What did you first start training that wasn't wrestling? And then take us from there. So my junior year, I kind of uh, I kind of played around with Muay Thai. Mm -hmm. um, I've been wanting to do like something striking since I was in seventh grade. Oh, wow. uh, my dad didn't let me. He said I'd cry if I got hit. So I was like, come on. Um, my junior year, I got a job. So first thing I kind of saved up for was to go to a kickboxing class or a Muay Thai class um, in my local area. And so I did that for about three months not very consistently maybe twice a week uh and then i got back into wrestling after that and then i was going to jump back uh right after states maybe give myself a week or two but then COVID hit so yeah. me and my buddies just kind of been training um and then i moved here and gym was open here so i started um really up here so as far as time frame goes, this is still relatively new for you. So here you are taking your debut fight. You're taking your debut fight against another high school, now collegiate wrestler, um, in Caden Cassidy. And obviously, you guys know that about each other, that you're both high-ranked level uh, wrestlers. How much does that impact uh, the way you think coming into this debut fight, which for you is, you know, obviously for both of you, it's new. You, you haven't been in this type of combat in MMA you've done other things clearly uh, I'm not really trying to like think about what his rankings were or how he did in high school uh, I'm really just focused on just getting better um, for November 25th and trying to become the better fighter that I can be uh, not really trying to think of oh he was what was he like 40 something you know his uh, last year in high school I think he was 13 in the nation I'm not really trying to think about that. Um, I, I know he's a good wrestler. Uh, I believe I can. He has really quick shots. Uh, I know he has a good tilt series. Um, I just believe I, I can sprawl. Um, anyone can sprawl. I see high level wrestlers um, transitioning to MMA all the time. And these strikers can sprawl on them. So I don't think it's going to be any different. I know wrestling. I can sprawl. Um, if I, he says he wants to keep it on the feet, I want to keep it on the feet, see what I can do. I'm not too worried about uh, what his records say. It's nothing's really. I wouldn't say it's like getting in my head or anything. I mean, I know I'm a good He's a good wrestler. I just, we both honestly just want to have fun, I think. So. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and the nice part about mixed martial arts, particularly, you already know this, but for some of the listeners that they may not fully understand it, is it, it doesn't matter what level of background you have, there's always a transition to putting it together in a different context. So mm -hmm. clearly, the fact that there's going to be punching and, and various other forms, um, your gym, talk a little bit about that, because obviously, you're still fairly new, um, kind of who are your coaches or at least what have you been training with maybe as far as uh, partners go and are there other established fighters at the gym currently kind of talk a little bit about what this gym looks like for you. Cause obviously you're going to be taking them to this debut fight for you. Mm -hmm. uh, so I got, um, I call him coach Josh. Um, he, he's the jujitsu guy. Uh, he, he runs the jujitsu classes. Uh, he's, he, he's amazing. He shows me all these, uh, he was a high school wrestler too, so he shows me all these things that will help me uh, with uh, with jujitsu at least, or stuff that I can pick up quickly uh, that will help me against anyone, actually. And then I got Levi; uh, he's my kickboxing coach. Um, he's just he he's like I don't even know his weight; he's like one ninety, but he's the fastest one ninety I've ever seen. So he helps me with speed. Uh, setups uh he's a counter puncher so in practice we'll practice counter punching um uh, i got logan logan he's he, he's he's the opposite he's very aggressive um he's probably closer to my way he's probably like 160 maybe 170 um and i don't know that i don't believe we have uh they're not professionals currently um josh uh he used to be uh, if I'm not mistaken, but they're, I mean, they just have so much knowledge, even if they aren't professional, they're just, they train at other gyms as well. They go around. Um, I don't know. It just seems like they know everything when I ask the question. So I'm learning a lot. Sure. Well, and it's great to have that variety of coaching and styles. You also brought up two different types of, uh, boxing or kickboxing style with the pressure fighter and the counter fighter. So it's uh, usually fighters learn um, probably pressure fighting first. So it's, it's good for your experience to be learning both styles at the same time. Um, so that's quite good. What's, what's been the most fun you mentioned really saving up for Muay Thai. So I'm assuming you like the kickboxing Muay Thai style, but what's your most fun thing to practice? I would say the striking. Um, I mean, I've been doing wrestling so long, and although jiu-jitsu is different, it's uh, relatively similar with the grappling, and uh, kickboxing is just so new, and you can see the improvement quicker, I'd say, um, in the striking than jiu-jitsu, and that's just motivating, so, and that's that's what I, like, find fun. I If I'm getting better and I know I'm getting better, then I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you have that desire and thirst for learning, but also the humility that says, hey, I've, I've got to start somewhere and st got to start putting this together. And that's why in MMA, it's really exciting to see the fact that you and your opponent are both 18 high level experienced combatant, you know, type background already and jumping into MMA to learn a bunch. Whereas you go to like a Randy Couture legend didn't take his first pro MMA fight until I think he was 32 or 34 in that range. And so we've seen a, a bunch in the last 25 years 
really transition. Speaking of some UFC legends, uh, what have you exposed yourself to as far as watching MMA? Uh, and who's your favorite fighter? Or what have you learned from watching? And obviously, there's a difference between watching the pro level, champion level, and what happens in amateur when people are learning. So talk a little bit about your exposure to that. So my main guy when I was younger, which really like got me interested, uh, was GSP, of course. Um, I mean, the way I don't think he I could be wrong, but I don't think he ever wrestled in high school or college. You're right. And yeah. I mean, he had a he was just great at everything. And I had never seen that before. Um, so I think GSP really uh, started me getting me going and wanting to do something more than just wrestling. And then there's Conor McGregor and his sort of like just boldness. And he always knew what to say. So I really liked that of him. I know his striking was very fluid. Uh, so I watch, uh, I watch GSP like highlights. I watch Conor McGregor highlights. Uh, I like Kobe Covington. Um, I don't know. He's just, he, he's a character. So I like that. Um, he's also coming from a wrestling background and has very good hands. Um, who else? I mean, is it Israel Adesanya right now? One of the, probably the most creative strikers I've seen in a while. Um, but I don't know. I like to watch everyone. If I if I had to like pick two that I like watch the most, it's probably Connor and probably GSP, maybe John Jones as well. Um, just to see how they move. Um, Connor kind of has a similar body type to me. Uh-huh. A longer arms, not super tall. Um, so I like that about him. Um, that I could like I'll practice moving like him uh, uh, with. I'll, I'll like see their kind of like moves and I'll practice them in the gym, either on my own or with a partner and just see what works and what doesn't. And yeah, those Connor, Connor, George, St. Pierre, those, those are my guys. I would say. I can talk a long time about both of them. It's cool that you've already sort of seen the value in all of those. I think Connor and now Izzy um, are two strikers that really focus on the fluidity and the creativity. I mean, obviously there's, some really good kickboxing and Muay Thai prior to Connor, but I think mm-hmm. Connor was one of the first people that kind of was comfortable moving differently. Like I remember uh, just the way he came into the cage, but also in actual fights, he would he would kind of jump to that side more, um, hat keto or taekwondo, mm-hmm. some more of those type moves, and then flip back around. So really fluid. When you were mentioning your mindset about facing a wrestler who has experience, like you have experience. My mind went to GSP because nobody would have thought that GSP with no actual wrestling experience as far as a collegiate or high school would be that good of a wrestler. And one thing that he has said, because I've watched a ton of his interviews about the way he thinks about his fights is he's a wrestler in MMA and there's a difference there. And that's, and that's what you've seen. I'm sure you've picked up on that. And so without giving too many techniques away, what did you see from GSP that, that trick, that makes wrestling work in MMA versus maybe um, pure wrestling? Well, I mean, he, like, I'll just say his opponent has to worry about everything with him, and he can just, I mean, he'll throw, like, just a basic one, too, and then he's just attached to your leg, and he's going to take you down. 
Mm -hmm. um, so that's probably the easiest setup. I mean, he'll fake going for the leg. He'll just tap and then he'll like mm -hmm. throw a cross or something. Um, you really don't know exactly what's going to happen. If he is going to take you down, if it's a fake. Um, and that happen, happens in wrestling a lot. I mean, you have to, you have to stutter step. You have to fake your shots. You have to keep your opponent thinking. And that's exactly what he does. Well, and since we're talking about GSP, I've got one more fan question for you before we get back to your fight coming up. And that is obviously Habib just fought last, uh, last week and retired at 29 and 0. Although there's already Dana White saying that he's going to come back to get 30 and 0. And, and so who knows, but if GSP and Habib were to fight, and obviously you, you, you kind of know their background and know their experience, um, what would you think, what would you think it would go like? The <laughs> Khabib's Khabib's a great fighter. Uh, I, yeah. That's a tough one. I, I think right now, um, I think it would go pretty much as any Khabib fight, really. I think Khabib would take him down, especially if it's at 155. If yeah. I was one, if it's at 170, um, might go a little bit different. Um, but I don't know. We haven't seen Khabib at 170 either. He might be healthier there. Um, but I would say he would take him down, make him. It, it's hard to say as a GSP fan that GSP would lose. But I think right now, I think GSP would. He would probably. He'd probably lose, unfortunately. But if he was in his prime, I think it'd be a tougher fight. I think. I don't know. That's it's. Yeah. It's it's tough to. Tough to think about, because Khabib's been so dominant everywhere. Um, yeah, yeah, what he just did to Justin was. It was shocking to me how quickly it happened. I thought Justin, with his good wrestling, and mm -hmm. you know. Connor actually had slightly better success. I'm sure you know the Connor yeah. fight. Being a Connor fan, he had slightly better success in one of the rounds. He he actually won. He actually struck very well and was able to. And you didn't really see Justin do that at all. I I certainly think GSP has as good of a chance to keep it striking as Connor did. I mean, think about it. Like I would think that he's at that level of the ability, but who knows? He's also almost forty. And yeah, the yeah. fight being at 55 seems strange. GSP has said back when they thought it would happen, you know, when they were building up to Justin, he said he wouldn't take 55, which makes sense. I mean, that's, he's a, an older man now and having to cut to a new weight doesn't make a lot of sense, but if there's not a belt on the table, I don't think the UFC would do it. If they did catch weight, GSP wants catch weight. And I think he said 60 or 65 that range, but to jump to 70 would be great for me. I'd take, I would prefer that, but then there's yeah. no belt on the then there's no belt on the line and then and then Habib is risking his undefeated streak on a non-belt fight. But getting back to you, as far as fight predictions or mindsets or what you want to see from yourself in this fight, let's talk about that. Uh, so for for my mindset, I'm just I'm just trying to go in. Uh, I'm gonna treat it as if it's a wrestling match. Um, my senior year when I was like going out. I mean, I didn't care who the kid was. I didn't. And that might have been the problem my junior through freshman year. I was like, oh, this kid was a state champion or this kid's like nationally ranked. Um, but then my senior year, I mean, I just I just didn't care. I, I knew I was good. I was just holding myself back. So I'm really not focused on what he did. I'm just focused on really what I can do um, and just trying to be the best I can be and just do what I can. And that's really it. Just 
not caring who he is and going out there and showing what I can do and just seeing what I can do since this is a new thing. Absolutely. That's a great mindset to have anytime you're in a competitive environment. It's, it's more about what you do and how they respond to you because you're their opponent as well. I think sometimes when people face, particularly when you see the UFC where somebody's more well-established, we've seen this now with Chemayev coming in at, at the 70 pound and, and just doing what he does that works for him. Um, mm -hmm. I think the classic line is if somebody asks you, well, what's it like to face them? You can always say, well, have you asked them what's it going to be like to face me because you're their opponent as well. And I think th that mindset that you developed in your senior year obviously paid off um, in how you performed and how you prepared um, because you bring something to the table that they haven't seen. And that's particularly true, not only in wrestling, but it's particularly true in MMA because, man, I, I think you can run some of these fights back. I, I think of um, Max Holloway recently on a bit of a surprise losing streak, you know, um, and, and I honestly think watching both those fights where he lost the title and then uh, lost it again as a challenger, man, I still think he could get it. Like, it's one of those things where in MMA, you're not in your head. So in MMA, you know that there's there's just so there's so much dynamicness. There's so much that can happen in MMA that um, you have to stay present in it. And I guess talk mm -hmm. a little bit about what sparring's been like or any type of live training's been like moving from wrestling to a more dynamic live training. What's that been like for you? So definitely with uh, jiu-jitsu and the gi, it's been, it's been interesting. Um, I, I, I say I definitely prefer no gi. Well, one, because it translates better to uh, MMA. Uh, and it's a lot easier from a wrestler that doesn't like grab on clothing. Uh, <laughs> no gi is no gi. Uh, I prefer right now um, with the gi uh, sparring. It's it's just confusing for me because I can grab on clothes. Um, I'm starting to get the hang of the gi now, but right now I'm just doing no gi just to prepare for this. Um, but. That, I mean, jiu-jitsu, it's incredible. I, I'm having a ton of fun with it. Um, we have open mats Sundays, and then after practice, uh, we'll roll around if anybody wants to roll um, past class time. Uh, so I always try to get, like, at least two or three rounds in before um, I let anyone go home. With kickboxing, uh, it's, it's so much fun because I get to see the improvements uh, every week because I always get a little bit better from the week. Like with Levi, um, I used to not be able to get a shot off him. Um, now I can kind of get inside, get a couple hits in, retreat, maybe go and hit, um, maybe not. Uh, he, I don't know. He's just – he's so long. He's so quick. It's, it's interesting to fight with him. But everyone else um, – uh, there's another guy that I train with, uh, Andrew, Andrew, um, me and him, uh, we kind of, it's pretty, I'd say it's, it's pretty close, uh, 50, 50. I mean, I, when I started, I believe he definitely had the edge, um, but he showed me a lot of things and I'm definitely competing with these guys. Um, and I'm definitely, I mean, I'm getting better like so much every week and it's exciting just to see what I can finally do once, once fight day comes how much better I can be. And just, I don't know. I'm just having fun. That's, that's all it is. 
Well, that's exactly, I mean, that's exactly what makes the training experience and the performance experience valuable because you're, you're learning it to put it into action and that's what matters. Um, you haven't actually said the name of the gym. I believe the name of your gym is Marietta Combat Sports, right? And so you've been talking all about what they offer you, which I think is great. So shout out to them. And just to, just to point it out to people that don't always understand, but gyms play such an important part in MMA, probably more than some other sports because there's different styles, there's different ways of establishing MMA. And there's gyms that kind of go up and down in popularity and what they can do. And I think I'm going to fanboy on my buddy, Stipe Miocic. And obviously he's my buddy, but he doesn't know me, but that's okay. Right. Um, and he's an Ohio guy, as you know, but I think he was one of the first, I don't want to give him credit where credit's not due, although let's face it, he deserves a lot of credit, but mm -hmm. um, he was one of the first guys to not go to a me mega um, big camp, you know, to, to stay at his local um, uh, Ohio gym, even when he moved to the UFC and then started winning and then obviously got the title and all those things. And so I do think that has shown that gyms, like you're pointing out, the Marietta Combat Sports and other gyms actually have a lot of value in being small and, and specific. You get to, and there's nothing against uh, AKA, um, mm -hmm. There's nothing against ATT. There's nothing against um, Mike Wink, you know, Winklejohn. But at the same time, fighters at the pro level have all left some of those camps saying there's 60 guys, there's too much. It's not specific. So what's it like being in a gym? And I know it's new to you, and but what's it like being in a gym where it's small enough that you feel like you're constantly getting the attention you need? Well, like it's sort of like uh when i used to i i when i used to live in virginia it was a big town nobody really cared who you were um but then moving here like to a small town everyone seems to care everyone really likes you and then that translates at the mma gym as well um it's a it's a smaller gym um so i mean everyone everyone kind of has that hospitality to like say hello like how are you doing and i mean they just want to ask like like what you're interested in and they just want to get to know you on a personal level uh and that really helps when you're asking questions because that builds trust too and knowing you can ask these questions and knowing that you know these people like you're not intimidated by any of the like big guys in the gym who are like the best in the gym or anything they're just they're just classmates or uh yeah they're i mean they're just classmates and uh they just care about you and that's all they really want to do um with my uh with my uh the gym i used to go to like my junior year when i started um uh it was a bigger gym and uh, i mean obviously they cared but there was like there was almost uh like the good the good guys went on one side and the okay guys went on another so uh there's it's like a family at marietta and everyone cares about each other um so i really appreciate that and i mean they just have so much knowledge and they just it seems like they're just dumping everything on me and i mean i'm like a sponge when it comes to knowledge whether it's wrestling even if it's a sport like football or something i just i just want to know and just get good at it i want to be like the best i can be and that's really all i'm focusing on right now
Absolutely. Well, Kyle, it's been great having you on the show. For people who are in the area, 247 Fighting Championships, your event is November 25th. There's also an event November 28th. How happy are you that it's before Thanksgiving for the weight cut as opposed to after? Oh, I'm very, very thankful that's before Thanksgiving because once I get – because uh, after the fight, I'm actually going to go back home to Virginia. Um, and I'm going to enjoy myself. That's that's pretty much all I'm going to say. I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna eat a lot. We'll see. We'll see how much I weigh in, like, November 26th, November 27th. Because um, it's not going to be 142. <laughs> it's going to be probably back to my normal weight by then, hopefully. We'll see. Yeah. So if people want tickets, 247fighting.com is where you get tickets. It's at the Moroville Convention Center just outside of Pittsburgh, which is a huge, massive facility that usually can hold thousands. Uh, they have to limit it much under that because of COVID, but it'll still give fans the opportunity to be in person, which I think is super exciting. So thanks so much for coming on the show, Kyle. It's been great having you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.